Hello, and welcome back to the Sidekick Critic Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Crosby, and I am delighted to have you here with me for episode 27 of this film and entertainment industry podcast. Make sure you follow me on my social medias. I'm rough week with posting, as I talked about with uh, life outside of my podcasting hobby, getting a little crazy. I haven't been posting as much as I'd like. Letterbox, though, follow me at Sidekick Critic everywhere. If you watch movies even once a week, Letterbox is so much fun to have, in my opinion. It's a great time to just go through and rate old movies you've watched. It's fun to keep a log of what you're currently watching and see what people you follow have been watching as well and see their thoughts on movies. I really enjoy going on there. I'm on there every day, usually multiple times a day. It's what I use to look up actors and movies now all the time. So highly recommend you follow me there. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, at Sidekick Critic as well. And make sure you keep up to date with everything that's happening on the Sidekick Critic podcast. Okay, so for today's episode, uh, this episode is dropping on Halloween, October 31st, and there's no more fitting topic than talking about Halloween in spooky movies. So the only thing I'm talking about today is Halloween-related movies and what makes a movie spooky. So we're going to dive right in with that first question. What makes a movie a spooky movie? What qualifies it to be a Halloween movie? What types of movies are considered Halloween movies? I think when you consider that question, you have to... Everyone immediately goes to the same first type of movie, which is your traditional horror movies. I'm talking some famous franchises like Friday the 13th, the Jason Voorhees movies, uh, Halloween, the Michael Myers movies, probably the epitome of a Halloween movie. Um, uh, The Scream franchise, a great example. Nightmare on Elm Street Street with Freddy Krueger, great example. I think something like the Stanley Kubrick movies and The Shining are other traditional horror movies where you cannot... If anything's a Halloween movie, it is those. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm typically not a fan of those movies. Something like the Saw movies, I don't really like that. It's I'm not a fan of those franchises. I don't never really finished a whole movie of them because I never enjoyed them. I think come next year, after really expanding my scary movie outlook this year, I will probably give some of those a shot, maybe starting with some of the classics like Halloween or watching one of the more Scream 6, which came out this year, starring Jenna Ortega, which I heard was really good. I'll have to add those to my repertoire of scary movies, but I mentioned The Shining. That's one of my all-time favorites. I love The Shining. So traditional Halloween horror movies absolutely qualify themselves as spooky movies. And then you have the flip side of that, which is those family-friendly Halloween movies, those that aren't really scary unless you're a kid. They have a good message or theme, or they're just meant to be watched as a family. Something like Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town, Haunted Mansion, which had a reboot this year, or even Beetlejuice, one I actually watched for the first time recently. Um, All of these, I think, are clearly Halloween movies. Some of them are based on Halloween, such as Hocus Pocus and Halloween Town. Three of the four I mentioned are Disney movies, so Disney clearly kind of has a lock on that family-friendly Halloween market. You can't discount those. Sometimes that type of movie is exactly what you want to watch on Halloween. You don't want to be scared, but you want something that has a little bit of a spooky or a witchy vibe to it. 
completely get that. I think that's the second most appropriate spooky movie category, Halloween movie. From here is where I kind of expand that definition a bit. I don't think we should be restrictive on what is a Halloween movie or a spooky movie. I, I think anything can fit into that category of Halloween movie, a movie I want to watch at Halloween time. It's not necessarily based around Halloween as a holiday or an idea. It's just a movie that is scary in some sense, and when this time of year comes around, you want to watch it. So another one of those categories is the paranormal possession undead type movies. Um, some great examples are The Conjuring franchise, Insidious, The Exorcist franchise, which this year I've actually watched two Exorcist movies for the first time. Uh, a more, much more recent release, Talk to Me, from A24. I talked about that in an earlier episode of this show. was a great example of a new form of that paranormal possession style movie and I you can't not call those Halloween movies in my opinion while they may not be based around Halloween the holiday it's a movie where when this time of year comes around those are at the forefront of my mind for watching even something like The Sixth Sense from M. Night Shyamalan I think is a great example of a Halloween movie and you can continue to kind of expand that definition of a spooky movie to something like murder mysteries I think these are great examples. I love a good murder mystery, especially at Halloween, watching it at night when it's dark. I, I think they're a lot of fun. This year you had A Haunting in Venice, which is actually... No, it's not based around the Halloween holiday. I'm drawing a blank. I think it might be. Thinking back on it, I do believe the beginning and the basis of the movie is somewhat Halloween-based. But as a whole... Murder mysteries, I think, fit. Even comedy murder mysteries, something like Knives Out, I think is appropriate. Some more traditional ones like Zodiac fits the bill or even Memento from Christopher Nolan. I'll actually be talking about Memento later because that's one I watched for the first time this year as well. I watched a lot of movies in preparation for Halloween this year. As I was looking through my watch list and trying to decide what movies to watch on a given day, I told myself I want to talk about spooky movies, Halloween movies, and I'll just go through Letterboxd, through thriller genres or suspense or horror, find something that stuck out that was on my watch list and said, okay, we're going to give it a shot. So a lot of those movies and all the ones I watched specifically in preparation for this, I will be talking about more in depth later, but let's keep going with our categories. We've touched on traditional horror, the paranormal possession movies, murder mysteries, and family friendly, but that's the tip of the iceberg, I think, when you look at a whole of what fits into that Halloween-themed movie. Straight thrillers, I think, are a great example of, you should watch these at Halloween. Something like Gone Girl. A fantastic movie. One of my favorites. I love revisiting it because it's Ben Affleck is outstanding in it. I, I think there's no reason why a thriller shouldn't be a Halloween movie, in my opinion. Anything that is slightly scary or intense in that form fits the bill. Other thrillers include The Gift, uh, starring Joel Edgerton and Jason Bateman. I watched that for the first time either beginning of this year or late last year, and I was blown away. I'd never heard of it, and I loved it. It was creepy and just really made you uncomfortable, but in a suspenseful way, which if it can do that, it's Halloween-themed for me. Uh, one more straight thriller, probably the most iconic, I think, is Silence of the Lambs. Uh, fantastic movie. Anthony Hopkins, of course, is amazing in it. You can't go wrong watching that at Halloween time. At one point, as I was building out these categories, I questioned, are Halloween movies costume-based? Do you have to be able to wear a costume on it? 
Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. I don't know the name of the villain from Scream, but all of those are pretty iconic costumes. And then I thought of the fact that for Halloween, I was Ken and Abby was Barbie. So Barbie is very obviously not a Halloween movie, in my opinion. So it's not costume-based. It's kind of just based on feel, I think. Straight thrillers, but there's also mind-bending thrillers. Thrillers that make you almost question reality or question what's real and really make you think and dive deeper. Some great examples. I'll actually be talking about three of these on this podcast as I watch them in preparation. I won't tell you which ones yet, but Get Out from director Jordan Peele. Also, Nope. Then from Ari Aster, you have Midsommar and Bo is Afraid, both very much Halloween movies to me. And you can't discount something like Shutter Island from Martin Scorsese. Great movies that really make you think they have a big twist in them or something about them just sticks with you after the fact while building suspense for the entirety and being thrilling. It's a different sense of thrilling, though. I don't think you can look at Get Out and Silence of the Lambs and say these are the same movie or they're very similar, but both of them, to me, fit the Halloween bill. My next category, I think, kind of fits the Halloween bill is monsters or aliens. I think some of these movies are absolutely Halloween-themed or have a Halloween vibe to them. So examples of these monsters or aliens, those that I think really fit. On the peripheral outside edges, uh, the alien movies and the predator movies, big Halloween costumes, big scary beast or aliens, I think you could say, you know what, Halloween comes around, that's what I'm feeling the urge to watch. For me, something more like A Quiet Place or Cloverfield really fits that bill as they're actually trying to build that suspense and it takes kind of a different twist on it. The last two I mentioned, A Quiet Place and Cloverfield, I watched for the first time this year and I'll dive into those later as well. A lot of movies I'm going to dive into later. As I mentioned, nine different movies I watched specifically for this episode. I'm going to talk about all of them. So we got monsters and aliens, but there's also an apocalyptic sense where there's kind of a crossover when you look at something like A Quiet Place and Apocalyptic, Aliens, Monsters, Where Does It Fall? I went Monsters and Aliens, but I think Apocalypse movies can kind of fit the bill. Some more than others. Something like 2012 and The Day After Tomorrow with John Cusack and Dennis Quaid. Those two, I think, kind of fit the bill where I know when I was younger and I first watched 2012, it scared the living shit out of me. I was terrified. I actually think I might have walked out of the theater because I saw it by myself while my mom was in a different movie and I went and joined her because I was just scared. I think I was 12 at the time, so not too unreasonable, but when Halloween comes around and I'm looking for movies to watch, those kind of cross my mind. I, I think they're very much in the outer edge and hard to make an argument for, but a recent release from this year, Knock at the Cabin, also from director M. Night Shyamalan, I think that fits the bill of a Halloween movie. It feels very appropriate to watch at this time of year to me. So apocalyptic movies kind of fit that mold a bit, depending on what the movie is. Armageddon, not so much, but it's, it's one of the interesting categories, I think. And I'm really trying to be as anti-restrictive as possible when I talk about what is a Halloween movie. I think it's a very wide breadth of possibilities. And I have one more category that kind of falls in with that apocalyptic of disease and zombie-related movies. Some of these especially come up in my mind when I want to watch a Halloween movie around this time of year. Some great examples. I think the two best examples that I've watched are 
Bird Box and World War Z. I love both those movies. Brad Pitt in World War Z, Sandra Bullock in uh, Bird Box. Uh, Bird Box was kind of one of those early Netflix films that really like captured the pop culture moment for a short time. So I loved that when it came out. I actually have rewatched it a few times since because I liked it so much. As I've talked about some peripheral edge movies in each category, I think Contagion is a great example. It's a really interesting movie to revisit now, having lived through a pandemic. I think if you haven't watched Contagion, you should. So you can see the parallels of this uh, hypothetical pandemic epidemic and what actually happened and see where they actually differ and where they line up. It's a very interesting watch. It's crossed my mind, but I haven't had really much urge to watch it. One movie I very much dislike but feels very Halloween to me is The Mist. There's some murderous creatures out in this mist that has settled over the town and no one knows what it is or what's happening. There's a big mystery behind it. One of the worst endings to a movie I think I've ever watched, but that's a Halloween movie to me. It fully fits the bill. And then there are other zombie movies, some classics like 28 Days Later or Shaun of the Dead that while I have not seen them and are on my list, I'll probably not watch until next Halloween, unfortunately. From what I've heard, those are absolutely Halloween movies. It's I, th I think you can kind of see what I was going for where I talked where I started this with what makes a movie a spooky movie. It's really up to the viewer. To me, a majority of the movies I mentioned here, pretty much all of them all classify that spooky movie designation it's all that matters is is it spooky season which is people will differ i'm of the opinion you can go from mid-september right when it becomes fall the very beginning of fall so like september 21st through the end of october that's your spooky season that's when when i'm watching a movie i am more inclined to say i want to be on the edge of my seat i want some thrills or i want to be legitimately scared i just want to watch a bunch of people get killed Whatever it may be, if it's that time of year, if I'm thinking it's near Halloween, I want to watch an on-brand movie, and I can make a valid, easy argument, those are all spooky movies to me. I think it's a lot of fun to kind of play with that definition a bit, and it really allows you to broaden your movie-watching watching horizon during this time of year. So, to answer my initial question, what is a spooky movie? Spooky movie is whatever you want to watch during spooky season. It's plain and simple. I have a wide breadth of what I watched this year. I'm sure other people have a very wide breadth of what they watched. I even missed out on some classics like Practical Magic, a truly classic Halloween movie. I haven't seen it in years. I last saw it when I was much younger, but I feel like it fits the bill. So there's so many movies that fit this, and there's so many more I need to watch next year. Next year, I'll probably do another Halloween episode, and I'll hopefully we'll have watched a lot more Halloween movies by then, as this process I went through preparing for this has really opened me up to so many more scary movies. Okay, so as I mentioned, I watched nine movies in preparation for this episode. I wanted it to be more, but life gets in the way, and I watched other movies in between here and there, because I don't always want to watch a scary movie during spooky season. But nine movies is still pretty good, so I'm going to run through all of them. I watched four of them in theaters, one new release, three re-releases, which I was ecstatic about all three, and I watched five of them at home. 
For the five I watched at home, I'm going to do rapid fire reviews as that feels more appropriate. I'll do a little bit of a more long form review for the in theaters movies, and then I'm going to rank the nine. That feels like the best way to talk about what Halloween 2023 was for me. So let's dive right in. My first rapid fire review. Here's my review for Cloverfield. Cloverfield is a movie that takes the form of found footage, which is it's filmed like entirely on one of those camcorder type devices. It's not professional shots. You can kind of always tell it's a homemade recording. I am typically not a fan of this style movie. I've seen a few in the past. I've never quite enjoyed them. I will say for Cloverfield, of the ones I've seen, this is the best. Uh, it was enjoyable. It built a really good job. Built. It did a really good job of building continuous suspense, and it delivered an ending that felt appropriate and earned. And I'm going to be talking about the endings in a lot of these movies, as I feel like that's a key factor in what makes a Halloween movie really good. Does it feel earned? Cloverfield did a great job of that. Unfortunately, it's not my style movie. I will be watching 10 Cloverfield Lane, if not far out, hopefully sometime soon, because I've heard good things about it. But the initial movie, Cloverfield, is going to get a 6.1 out of 10 for me. Okay, we're rolling along. Here's my review for Memento. Uh, a very early film in Christopher Nolan's filmography. Memento is a really fun film to think about, dissect, and look back on. I can't really talk about what it's about too much because that would spoil it. The movie doesn't have a singular moment that is really a twist per se. The whole movie itself is kind of a twist on storytelling, which I think is really interesting. And Nolan crafted an incredibly unique story. I have not seen a movie quite like it, and it keeps you guessing throughout. To me, that does qualify it on the very, very peripheral edges of a Halloween movie. I was glad to finally cross it off my list. Memento got a 7.5 out of 10. Okay, so from there, I'm going to keep going. I had a different thought in my head, but it left, so we're just going to roll along here. Uh, here's my review for A Quiet Place. The directorial debut for John Krasinski, A Quiet Place is quite possibly the best suspense movie or suspense-building movie I've seen arguably ever. Uh, the way it uses sound or the lack thereof to build suspense and keep you on the edge of your seat is remarkable. I don't know the last time I watched a movie and more wanted, more wished that I had seen it in theaters because from what I've read and heard other people saying about this, it was truly amazing. The, they walked out of the theater and were scared with every little noise. Someone in the theater coughs, they jumped. That's something I wish I could have experienced. If it's re-released in theaters for next Halloween, I guarantee I will be there because I want the theater experience on this movie. It was a great example of alien and creature design and not hiding it for too long or placing too much emphasis on it. The ending, I loved. I, great movie. A really great movie. A fantastic directorial debut from John Krasinski. Another movie where I now have a sequel. It's become a franchise and I have to watch another movie in the franchise. I'm ecstatic about that. A Quiet Place is going to get an 8.8 .8 out of 10 for me. Okay, rolling along. We're throwing it back here. We're going to a classic. Here's my review for The Exorcist. 
one of the classic scary movies, one of the OGs when it comes to the paranormal possession style movies, iconic for its time, and I get it. While unfortunately in 2023, some of the practical effects do not quite hold up well with the years that have gone by, uh, the scenes around those practical effects are so disturbing and so uncomfortable and shocking with where the movie goes. And when you look at it within that historical context, this movie came out in 1973. And it's about a 14-year-old girl being possessed and the religious themes and family themes and what comes of this possession. It makes sense to me why someone like my mom says this is the scariest movie she's ever watched and she'll never revisit it. Because I can see how at the time this was truly, truly terrifying. And that exorcist theme is so iconic. I agree and I get why this is an all-time classic and I'm able to appreciate that outside of not really enjoying the practical effects. The Exorcist, for me, gets an 8.5 out of 10. All right, rolling right through here. We're going on. Here's my review for Shutter Island. Shutter Island was a two birds, one stone moment for me. After watching Killers of the Flower on the Moon, I wanted a Halloween movie, but I wanted some more Scorsese, so I threw this on. Uh, this is a, a great movie, a fantastic example of a mind-bending thriller that feels so appropriate for Halloween time. Uh, the visual aspects of this movie, there are times it makes you question every little detail and what's intentional and what's the purpose of that intentional detail. It's one of those iconic movies with a twist. It's, it's in that conversation that's always being talked about of twist movies. And while at times it does seem obvious i don't think it takes away from it at all i think knowing there's a twist coming almost prepared me and allowed me to watch the movie in my first viewing with a different lens than i might have do i wish i could have gone into this fully blind not hearing all the discourse around it that's been there for years yes but we don't live in a perfect world i can't get what i want so i was able to go into this with a really unique lens of looking for the twist and seeing what signs pointed to it and i enjoyed that it reaffirmed my love for Ben Kingsley as an actor. Yes, you have Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo as the heavyweights in this movie, and they are great, but Ben Kingsley is the unsung hero. I love him. And then what really stuck with me, and this is, if you listened to my last episode on Killers of the Flower Moon, this seems to be a theme with Scorsese, the end of his movie, and the last line of Shutter Island, I will just recite it for you because it's that good to me. This place makes me wonder which would be worse, to live as a monster or to die as a good man. An iconic ending. It's If the twist in this movie is getting stabbed with a knife, then that last line is someone twisting the knife in you. It is so perfect. I loved Shutter Island. 8.6 out of 10. Okay. That is my last rapid fire review. As I said, there were five of those, so we're chugging right through here. We're going into a long-form review for uh, the most recent release of a scary movie I've seen in theaters. Here's my review for The Exorcist Believer. This legacy sequel tells the story of two girls disappearing after school one day, only to show up three days later with no idea of what happened or how much time has passed. As the following days begin to unfold, the girls begin acting more and more strange until drastic measures must be taken. This is an interesting movie for me to talk about, especially having watched the original Exorcist after the fact. 
looking at Believer, what it did well, I think it did really well. It didn't feel cheap in the way it scared you. It built suspense really well and it kept me on the edge of the seats. And so many little moments where I almost expected a cheap jump scare would come and go and just keep me on the edge of my seat rather than using up that suspension instantly, which I did really enjoy. What I didn't enjoy is having now watched the original, at times this felt kind of cookie cutter and uninspired. That may not be the best way to describe it, but it is the only way I know how because I I just didn't feel to do anything unique and original. Where when I watched the first Exorcist, I was like, okay, this movie, I can see why it was iconic at its time. I don't get that from Believer. The ending felt cheap and unsatisfying. I saw the mini twist coming from a mile away, which was unfortunate. I, I don't like when I can see it from far away. On something like Shutter Island, which I just talked about, I knew there was a twist. And I had heard stuff to kind of guess what it was. But it was a really good twist that I was fine with. In this, I had no idea there'd be a twist. But as we approached the end, I was like, okay, yeah, I get where this is going. It's obvious. It makes sense. Very different scenarios of knowing about a twist. I don't like it in the believer's case here. So that ending, feeling cheap and unsatisfying, is unfortunate. It has definitely knocked my opinion down quite a bit. And I think I walked out of the theater thinking some of these thoughts, but not to this extent. After watching the movie, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it and how much I liked a true horror movie. I typically do not see them in theaters. I'm not a big fan. This kind of changed my opinion, and I will be giving more a much harder look and consideration on seeing in theaters. But it's with the context of the original Exorcist in my mind that the rating on this falls kind of flat. I will say, as far as a recommendation, if you are a fan of these movies, of The Exorcist, The Conjuring, Insidious, this is worth a watch. I would say it's worth a watch in theaters if you can't watch it as soon as it's available at home. It is a serviceable legacy sequel to the original Exorcist movie. My rating for The Exorcist Believer comes to a 6.7 out of 10. Okay, rolling along, here's my review for Beetlejuice. Finally, I got to cross a cult classic off my watch list. This was re-released by AMC for its 30th anniversary, and I I fully get why it's a cult classic. Uh, There's a couple scenes, the dancing scene at the dinner table in particular, that were so enjoyable and had me cracking up. Michael Keaton's over-the-top and raunchy Beetlejuice almost scratched an itch for me that I didn't know I had. Uh, It kind of reminded me of the Adult Swim cartoons on Late at Night on Cartoon Network when I was much younger. Uh, Being a teenage boy, I loved that raunchy, over-the-top, ridiculous humor. And I didn't find it quite as funny now, but I was able to appreciate it and enjoy it in a way I didn't think I would. I didn't know that's what this would be. So it really caught me by surprise. I actually had no idea what Beetlejuice was about. All I've heard for years was, oh, this is a classic. You have to see it. Everyone loves it. I had no idea why. I didn't know Michael Keaton was in it. I didn't know Alec Baldwin was in it. I didn't know the mom from Home Alone or Moira from Schitt's Creek, same woman, was in it. I knew no one in this movie. I knew nothing what it was about. All I've seen is that poster of Beetlejuice sitting there. So it was really neat to finally cross this off the list. I think this is the perfect definition of a cult classic where 
for many people, it's the first time they watch it that really matters to them and sticks with them. For me, I don't think this is going to fall into a cult classic category for me of something that I feel the need to go back to time and time again because it's stupid, but I love it. I think it was enjoyable to watch one time. I don't know that I will quite revisit it, but it will cross my mind when Halloween comes around. Like I said, perfect definition of a cult classic. Beetlejuice is going to get a flat 7 out of 10 for me, just right along that average to good line. Okay. I mentioned this, I mentioned all these at the beginning of the episode when I said what makes a spooky movie, a movie a spooky movie, but this is one I was really, really excited to see. It is, people have been telling me to watch it since it came out, so here's my review for Jordan Peele's Get Out. What a fantastic movie. All around, every aspect of it is truly great, and this brought me to a level of understanding for the hype around Jordan Peele that I have not gotten before. I saw Nope in theaters last year, and while I enjoyed it and thought it was good and well-made, I didn't get the hype for him as the next big thing in thrillers as a director. After Get Out, I fully get it. This movie was amazing, and he wrote and built in this iconic twist that I do not think is talked about enough at all. It's When you hear people talk about movies with a great twist, you hear about Shutter Island or Fight Club or The Sixth Sense, but... Really, Get Out should be one of the first movies mentioned there. I did not know where this movie was going. When that twist hits in the final third of the movie, I was blown away. I, I was I gasped, I think, once I realized what was happening. So I was like, wow, this was great and so well done. I had no idea. Stars Daniel Kaluuya, who I talked about this a few episodes ago, how I constantly say I love these actors and everything they're in. Get Out was one that made me realize it was the turning point for Daniel Kaluuya that a truly great actor. Get Out, nope, Black and and Panther. (laughs) Black Panther, it's... He's a very enjoyable actor to me. He gets into his characters very well, which I really enjoy. I liked Get Out a lot more than Nope, but this absolutely made me want to go back and rewatch Nope. I think I might get a better understanding and appreciation for it having seen where Jordan Peele started as a film director. This is worth a watch for everyone. It is not a cheap, scary movie at all. It has some good laughs in it too, and it's just enjoyable and suspenseful. Fantastic. Get Out, 8.6 out of 10. I loved this movie. Okay, we only got one movie left to talk about in my Halloween episode. Probably my most anticipated movie to watch all Halloween. Here's my review for Midsummer. This blew me the fuck away. Excuse my language, but holy shit, this has stuck with me. I loved it. I've wanted to watch this since it came out. I wasn't huge on going to theaters when this came out. I didn't know about A24. I wasn't a fanboy like I am now. So it slipped under my radar but has been on my watch list ever since. I, Florence Pugh is a great actress, so she's one reason I want to watch it. I've been hearing the name Ari Aster. I didn't know why. Having now seen Bo is Afraid, this AMC and A24 announced they're rescreening some of their classic horror movies. I went and booked tickets for this immediately because I could not wait to see it. It tells the story of several friends traveling to Sweden for a summer festival at the small hometown of their friend. 
And this takes so many turns. Ari Aster wrote and directed what, in my opinion, is truly an absolute masterpiece. I have no bad things to say about this movie. The story is able to really keep you on the edge of your seat. Uh, As this festival continues to unfold and you see the strange traditions of this Swedish commune, you begin to question what's really going on here. What's going to happen next? Why are these things happening or what's actually happening? It's so well built from a suspense angle, but littered in with that suspense is so many moments where you bust out laughing, which is a lot of fun. And I think a great way to do suspense because it kind of keeps you more on edge. Am I going to laugh or am I going to nearly scream because this shocked me so much? As actually happened, audible gasps from the entire theater, many of whom I assume were re-watching the movie, that's some great writing. And then the metaphors he built into this and really the entire story metaphor of one character, she befalls tragedy and this movie is about her grief and how it is how it has overtaken her life and how she finally overcomes it. So well done. It's Ari Aster has cemented himself for me. He has a movie coming out uh, early November that I'm very excited about dream scenario. What a great movie from a story aspect, from a filmmaking aspect. uh, There's two things I need to talk about the cinematography and the sound for the cinematography. uh, Most notably there are, Numerous scenes and sequences where one or multiple characters are under the influence of psychedelics. And the way those scenes are shot, perfect. It's There's moments where grass is growing through the person's hand because that's what they think they're seeing. Or just in the background, as you know they're on psychedelics, the mountains are kind of waving in the background. Or the food is pulsating. Or one character is wearing a flower one of those flower crown hat things at one point, and you can literally see the flowers vibrating and shape-shifting as the seed unfolds. And it had my eyes jumping as I'm trying to, am I actually seeing this happen on the flowers? But I'm also trying to pay attention to the acting and what the actor is doing. That mix was so well done. And then from a sound aspect, this movie takes place 90% outdoors, but the lack of ambient noise is unsettling. And I didn't realize it was unsettling until after the fact. And I looked back on the movie and I was like, I don't feel like I heard a single animal when they were out in the woods. They were in nature the whole time. It was gorgeous. So well constructed. It's the only minor knock I have on the movie is that Ari Aster occasionally does this thing where there are some moments he goes over the top. I understand why. I think within the context and the metaphor of this movie, it makes sense and I get it. I just don't quite enjoy those moments, but Midsommar blew me away. I was so happy to cross this off of my watch list. I loved it. I have to watch Hereditary next from Ari Aster as I've watched Bo's Afraid, so I'm watching him out of order. That's fine, but I have to finish out his filmography. Midsommar is going to get an 8.9 out of 10. Truly loved this movie. Okay, nine movies I watched in preparation for my Halloween episode. So what better way to end it than to rank the nine new movies I watched this year? Because you know me, I love doing a ranking list. So here's my new to me spooky movie rankings. At number nine, Cloverfield. Unfortunately, it's just that 
found footage style wasn't a huge fan of. At number eight, Beetlejuice, uh, a cult classic. And while I did appreciate it and understand why, it's not quite my style movie, so it falls down the list. At number seven, The Exorcist Believer. Watching the original Exorcist right after this really trashed my opinion of this movie. Unfortunately, sent it down the gutter, so it ends up at seven. At number six, Memento. Not quite a Halloween movie the more I think about it, but I watched it in preparation, and it was a unique story. At number five, The Exorcist. Uh, if this was, if this exact movie was remade with better effects, I think this would be much higher. At number four, Shutter Island. One of the few movies where essentially knowing the twist does not ruin the movie and an iconic ending for me. At number three, Get Out. Jordan Peele is possibly the current king of a thriller movie. I have to watch Us, and I'm excited to see whatever he does next. At number two, A Quiet Place. The best alien suspense apocalypse movie I may have ever watched. I cannot wait to watch A Quiet Place 2 and to see what else John Krasinski brings to the table as a director. But no surprise, at number one, Midsommar blew me away. If you have not seen this, go watch it, but be prepared to be disturbed. And that is my Halloween movie episode. If I wanted to leave you with one final thought of what five movies do I want to watch every single Halloween, I think I'm going to do that because this is all about Halloween. And even though I didn't get to all of them for Halloween this year, these are the movies that kept running through my mind that I really wanted to rewatch. So in fifth, and kind of a surprise for me, but Bird Box. Love this movie. It's It just feels kind of spooky and dark and apocalyptic and monster-y. I don't know what it is. I loved it. I loved the pop culture moment around it. Bird Box makes my top five list. At number four, World War Z. I love a good zombie movie. I love Brad Pitt. This fits perfectly. I've been thinking about watching this for weeks now. At number two, the first of a new movie that is going to make my list and I've been thinking about for a while, A Quiet Place. It feels so appropriate to me. I loved it. At number two, the second of a new watch to make my top five Halloween movies for me personally, Midsommar. Great movie. Highly recommend if you have not seen it. But at number one, maybe the most iconic horror movie, my epitome of a Halloween movie, The Shining. That's been all about Halloween. This was a very fun episode. Make sure you follow me, TikTok, Instagram, Letterboxd, at Sidekick Critic. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Crosby. This has been the Sidekick Critic Podcast. I hope you have a very spooky and happy Halloween, and I'll see you next time.